Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. You know, all that we are in Jesus Christ and all that we do for Jesus Christ and all that we desire in Jesus Christ, I believe that they are all found in the simple equation of hearing plus obeying. Uh, Let's think about our salvation this morning. How do we get to know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior? And how do we get to know salvation in our Jesus Christ? I believe the first stage is hearing. We get to hear the gospel. We get to hear the salvation of God. Let's go to Romans chapter 10 in your Bibles. If you don't have the scripture, you could look in the uh, screen with me. But look at Romans chapter 10 real quick. And let's go there together if you have found it. And verse 13. In Romans chapter 10, verse 13, look what it says. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And thank God we have done that. As Christians, if you're born again, you know what, that, you know what that's talking about. We have called upon Jesus Christ to save us. And did he answer us, yes or no? Yes, he did. And thank God, and no lies, he will cast us out, as John, in the book of Gospel of John says. In verse 14, How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? Okay, how could a person call on Jesus Christ unless they first believe? Now, how shall they believe in him? Now, how could they believe? He's going backwards here in stage. How should they believe in him who they have not? What's the next word there? Heard. Okay, so uh, you cannot believe unless you hear. And how shall they hear without a preacher? So there is a preacher who preaches the gospel. And the person, the first stage is they hear the word of God. And then the second stage is they believe. And then the third stage is they get saved. That's what the Bible says here. Verse 15. And how shall they preach if they except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But look at verse 16 and 17. Look what it says there. But, in conjunction, okay, those uh, maybe who are not saved, in verse 16. But they have not all, does it say heard? Obeyed. They have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who have believed the report. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, we know that we are saved by faith and faith alone. Okay? It's not in any way that we're obedient to the Lord and we're working ourselves to have uh, salvation of works and that uh, we could uh, uh, bring marriage to ourselves, we could bring some justification to ourselves, and uh, our obedience in the sense of our own works has nothing to do with salvation. But as we think about how uh, salvation is described and explained in Romans chapter 10 here, uh, it is described as obedience as well. And we are obedient to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. And we know that his way is the only way. Okay? We have obeyed that gospel of truth. Now, there are the children of disobedience. And those who have not believed the report, they have not believed the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, were there preachers? Yes. But did they hear? Yes, they heard. But they did not have faith, nor do they have obedience. 
And they did not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They didn't submit themselves to their, uh, their Savior, or they're supposed to be, and he's supposed to be, and, uh, and they did not surrender uh, to his salvation, but they trusted on their own. So when we encounter people who have not been saved when they heard the gospel, it's not only the matter of faith, but also, I believe, obedience. And once again, I'm not talking about obedience in the sense salvation of works. I'm speaking about a person who does not want to hear the gospel or maybe rejecting the gospel and they're not obedient to that truth. So let's read on Romans chapter 10. Once again, look at verse 18 now. But I say... Have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. So, you know, uh, God does his communication, and uh, he shares his good news to everyone. In verse 19, but I say, did not Israel, in the context talking about Israel, uh, did not Israel know? First Moses said, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation, I will anger you. And But Isaiah is very old and saith, I have found them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel, he saith, all day long I have stretched forth my hand unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. Okay, notice that. A disobedient and gainsaying people. So, Isaiah was called to his nation, okay, the nation of Israel, to proclaim God's truth, okay, and God's salvation. But these people were disobedient, and they were gainsaying. And if you look at verse 16 again, but they had not obeyed the gospel. So the writer is drawing an application from the Old Testament example of Isaiah and his day, how people were dull of hearing, even though they heard, they didn't believe, and nor did they obey. And that's the same situation in our 21st century. And the application is, there are people who have heard the gospel, who have heard of Jesus Christ, but they don't have faith. And not only that, they are not obedient to the message. And the Bible also says in Romans chapter 6, verse 17, But God be thanked that ye were servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Now, in contrast, as we are born again, as we have received Christ as our personal Savior, the Bible says that we have obeyed from, that heart, from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. So when we have received Christ as our personal Savior, and we have believed in Him, we have obeyed that message. Because we know that there is no, there is no salvation uh, uh, in any other except in our Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, we know in John chapter 14, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And we have uh, secluded him to be our only Savior. So we have obeyed that gospel message. So God sees two groups of people in this world. Those who who have faith and those who have obeyed the gospel. And those who do not have faith and those who are disobedient to the gospel. There are a lot of different religions in the world. Okay? There are a lot of different uh, decrees and 
and, uh, and there are a lot of different uh, uh, religious works that people do in different names, okay? whether that be Allah, and, and whether that be in the Catholic Church name, whatever it might be. Uh, they might do all these different things, but they're now obedient to the true gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ, which is his death, burial, and resurrection, nothing more and nothing less. Okay? So, as we think about our wonderful uh, salvation that we have received this morning, we go back to that wonderful truth that as we have believed, we will not have that belief unless we have heard. We have heard the gospel, and then we have believed and obeyed that message. So as we walk as Christians, okay, we are not to identify with the act of disobedience. The way we have started uh, this wonderful walk that Jesus Christ has given us with him is that we obey the gospel. We have believed in the gospel. And as we live out this Christian life, we must always communicate that same uh, testimony to this world because this world are still disobedient. And they are not choosing to choose, they're not choosing to believe in Jesus Christ, and they're disobedient to the message. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. Wherein in time pass ye walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the ear. Talking about the wicked one, the devil. The spirit that now worketh in the children of who? Disobedience. Okay. We're not children of disobedience. Okay, we're the children of light, we're children of God, and we're supposed to be the children of obedience. And because we have obeyed that wonderful gospel message. And we are not to identify ourselves with disobedience in our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ because we're no longer that same old creature. We are a new creature in the Lord Jesus Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold what? All things become new. That means we are obeying Christ in every impulse. And whatever God has commanded us to do, we want to do it. Why? Because we love him. And Jesus Christ said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And we know in Matthew chapter 28, and as he commissioned, the great commission to the church, he says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have what? Commanded you. So God wants us to obey him as we have obeyed the gospel. And we are not to identify with the world in disobedience. The world is called the children of disobedience. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 6. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. So, in order for the church to be distinct from the world is through the act of obedience. The world might hear, but they are disobedient. And let's not, uh, let it not be uh, uh, said of the church in the same manner that the church is hearing, but they are disobedient. I hope the message is, or the communication is to this world, that the church is hearing, and the church is always obedient to their Savior. And I hope that is the testimony that we have toward others. And a pastor took up a new position in a small country town, a town that was dependent for its income of timber milling. Walking by the river one day, he noticed some of the men from his congregation standing atop logs flowing down the river. 
This was the way the logs were transported from the forest to the mill. He admired the skill of the men in standing up on the moving logs and sawing a meter or two off the end of as each uh, floated down the downstream. But his admiration turned to a horrific uh, uh, situation when he saw the branding on the logs. Uh, these loggers were actually were in opposition to the sawmill by the way they were branding it. The men were stealing the end of the logs and rebranding them as their own. So the following Sunday, the newly arrived pastor stood up to preach. He chose the title for his sermon, Thou Shall Not Steal. Trying to convict those who are stealing from their lumber company. After he was congratulated by the loggers on a fine sermon and pleased that they had got the point, he took another walk by the river the following day. But to his utter astonishment, they were... uh, the same man cutting off the end of the opposition's locks once more, and clearly they had not appre- appreciated the point. And in every way, uh, uh, it didn't matter what the pastor preached, they were still doing it. The following Sunday, the pastor stood up to preach once more to clearly communicate about stealing. This week's a sermon title was as follows, Thou shalt not cut off the end of thy neighbor's locks. Now, as we think about this illustration, you know, uh, it's very uh, uh, amazing how we could do the same thing and that we could hear God's word and maybe congratulate the message and, and uh, take delight in the word of God. And, and we could say, oh, that was a wonderful, wonderful truth that's in the word of God. And we say amen and we say, uh, uh, you know, in agreement to the message that was delivered. But next thing you know, on Monday, we we're disobedient. And, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, I believe that the Bible is very clear what sins are and what holiness is. And uh, we need to not to try to justify our own selves just because we have the branding of, a Christ, uh, of the name Christian, because we have the name church. That doesn't mean we just do whatever we want and just look spiritual and not be spiritual. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, let us be convicted in our hearts as much as we believe, as much as, much, as say, much as we say amen to the messages and the truth that we share on Sunday morning or Sunday night, let us live those messages every single day. Not just say amen on Sunday, but really live it out in amen on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, God's people say. And I hope your life is a great, wonderful uh, uh, testimony in what you speak and what you know. And ladies and gentlemen, let us make sure that we are obedient Christians. We're not just hearing, but we're, we're also obeying. And Christ confronted the crowd and said in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, Why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? You know, we're living in a very scary time. And, uh, and, and, and Christ, in every way, I believe that as he was saying those words, Lord, Lord, do not the things, uh, and do not the things which I say. I'm sure he grieved them in his heart, and it's surprising to see how people were so religious, but they're now obeying. But we live in a more scarier time now, where people are not even preaching the truth anymore. And uh, people are hearing the wrong doctrines, and they're saying amen to that. And we're not, we're past the stage where, you know, Christians believe in the right things, they say amen, but they live in the... Uh, 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 the wrong ways of life. 
And uh, as we think about the contemporary movement that started in the, uh, maybe the 70s and the 80s, and then as we move on forward, you know, uh, uh, these contemporary movements, uh, they have adapted to the world, and, and they might share the gospel, they might preach the truth, but then the way of life does not really match the scripture. And they're not really obeying the commandments of the word of God. They're not living in the right holiness and the right standard. And I believe that the devil has used in a greater way from these churches to move on to the next stage where they preach the wrong message, where they preach the wrong truth, and they're turning away from truth, and they're turning to fables. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. I know, over the history of mankind, there are many false teachers. But I believe, America, uh, as we think about this nation, as we love our nation, as we uh, uh, respect this nation for the Christian, his, uh, Christian uh, heritage that we, might, that, that, that we take dear, I, I believe that we're in a very tra- tragic situation where many churches are adapting to this world and not only adapting in the lifestyle, but they are, uh, put, uh, they are uh, bringing in the philosophy and the humanistic uh, 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 teachings of this world, and they're not preaching the word, thus saith the, the Lord, but they are preaching, uh, thus saith man. And uh, they're preaching uh, uh, the fleshly things, the lustful things, and, and we think about the prosperity gospel, and they're uh, trying to please people uh, to have more gains, and, and they're trying to please people to have more uh, a success in life. And, and it's not okay for you to be poor, and uh, God did not intend you to be, uh, for you to be poor, and God intends you to be rich and be successful and uh, have a million-dollar house. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the Bible is very clear. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the blessed are the poor in spirit, for they should inherit the kingdom. And uh, we need to recognize that there is a balance to all this. And, and uh, uh, what the uh, preachers are preaching, uh, are preaching these days is the love of money, and, uh, that, which is the root of all evil. Uh, and uh, uh, I don't usually name people on the pulpit, but as we think about the subject, did you know Mr. Uh, 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 T.D. Jakes, I believe, you know he's net worth $150 million? And uh, did you know that uh, 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 Joel Osteen is net worth $42 million? Did you know Benny Hens is around $40 million? And uh, I mean, these men, they might have the word of God, they might preach the word of God, but I believe they're after number one thing, the love of money. And they're preaching that way. And they're sharing that way. And they are drawing the crowd who have itching ears that will make them feel good. By the way, when was the last time you hear these people preach about the wicked one, the devil, and sin? They just talk about, they just talk about good things. They just talk about divine things in life. And they don't really talk about hell either. And ladies and gentlemen, let us recognize the fact we live in a very scary time as a church. We need to hold to the right doctrine. We must share the right doctrine. We must preach the right doctrine. And not only that, we must also live them out. And we must always obey the word of God. 
and we don't need more mega churches. No, we need more obedient churches. And God will grow the church. God will bring the increase. And uh, what biblical focus do we need so that we might be an obedient church? I'd like to share with you three biblical focus that we need to constantly consider in order to be an obedient church this morning. And uh, let us consider these points. There's three simple points tonight, uh, this morning. First of all, the head of the body. The head of the body, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is a savior of the body. And uh, men, don't get distracted. This is not about uh, uh, ladies being submissive to their husband to th- this morning, okay? And uh, you might say amen right now, but I'm talking about the head of the body, the, the relationship between the Christ and the church. We'll preach this later, okay? But Ephesians chapter 5, verse 24, Therefore, as a church is subject unto Christ, so that the wives be to their own husband in everything. You know, as an independent local church, we have liberty to be autonom- autonomous. Meaning we're not under any umbrella of a different uh, denomination, authority. And, uh, you know, we make our decision with votes and an agreement. And, and we had our uh, uh, business meeting a couple of weeks ago for chartering uh, uh, the Eco Church and also even the Hillcrest Church and giving ordination to Brother Samuel. And, and uh, we voted. And uh, uh, we are an autonomous church. And, uh, you know, uh, there is no other... Uh, uh, denomination authority that we are buying by. We don't have a uh, authority system that we're accountable to in Texas or a different state. No, uh, we are a self-ruling body and we are a self-supportive body. And uh, and uh, in every way, uh, God has blessed us to be autonomous, independent Baptist church, and we thank God for that. And however, this does not mean we have anarchy. Doesn't mean we have liberty to do whatever we want. Okay. And even though we don't have a denominational authority, we have a higher authority. His name is who? Jesus Christ. That's why we've got to stick to the scripture. By the way, I like our name, Bible Baptist Church. I think people recognize that we are Bible-believing Baptist Christians. And, uh, and there's no amen to that, amen. <laughs> Come on now. And uh, let's not be ashamed of who we are. And, uh, but I'm just simply saying, that we need to abide by the authority, the divine authority of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We have a chief shepherd, we have a bishop of our soul, and we have the Pontian King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he is the head of the body, as the Bible says here. This means he, this means he has his desire for what his body should do. He has his plans, he has his purpose, he has his power to control. And we need to accept this reality... And that, and that we are his body and not our own. And as we think about the human body, you know, it's amazing how fearfully and wonderfully we are made. And, uh, you know, we're not made of evolution. And we don't come from a rock. And we don't come from these uh, little, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, organism uh, uh, flowing from the space and somehow encountered together by chance. No, uh, we live in an intelligent uh, 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 creator, and he is our God. And the God of the Bible, okay? And, uh, uh, and we, believe, we believe that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, as the psalmist has put it so well. And it is studied that a muscle movement takes about 200 milliseconds, which is one-fifth of a second to execute. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, the muscle responds that fast from the brain signal, from the brain, uh, uh, I guess, uh, 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 communication 
the brain constantly sending signal, not just in one place, but throughout the, all the members of the body, and it does that in 200 milliseconds. The things that we see, hear, or feel, and respond, they're signaled by that one brain constantly and continually. And, uh, and, and if someone throws you a ball, and, uh, and, you need to, uh, uh, and you need to work out the speed that is coming towards you, and where about is likely to land, and decide where you need to catch it, catch that ball, that all goes into that brain activity and sending out the signal and for your leg to move, for your hand to catch that ball. And, uh, and uh, uh, we uh, uh, think about different reactions that we might have, and all those things are, are done by that one mind or that one brain that you, you have. You know, in sport, Athletes practice movements repeatedly by doing drills, and, and, and so that eventually they can do them automatically without even needing to think about it. And this is sometimes called a muscle memory. And the reason why an athlete can react so fast is because the muscles are used to the same drills over and over again. And uh, I'm sure many of you know Michael Jordan. All right, okay. And, uh, you know, some people think that Magic Johnson was a better player. Well, I think Michael Jordan was a better player, God's people say. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, <laughs> some people have very strong conviction about that. And, uh, but, you know, uh, Michael Jordan does have six rings, okay? But anyways, uh, uh, I, I grew up Michael Jordan years, you know. I, I was in my teen years in the 90s and stuff like that. It was great seeing him play, and it was a sad thing to see him retire once. But then he come back again and win another championship ring. And, uh, you know, uh, this man uh, was a very uh, a diligent uh, 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 pro basketball player. And, uh, you know, his talent just didn't come naturally. He had to practice every single day. And, uh, you know, uh, he had this model that he wanted his team players to know that he worked hard and, uh, and he was the last one to leave the practice. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, he wanted to make sure that the team knew that it, it needs to have diligence to bring forth the right performance in game time. And, uh, you know, uh, I remember one specific, uh, 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 the gameplay that he had against the Utah Zazz, and I think this was the final ring that he won at the buzzer. And I think there was only 5.2 seconds left, and uh, they were down by uh, one. By the way, they were down by three before, and, uh, and Michael Jordan did a layup, and then he stole the ball, uh, right afterwards, when it was in the other uh, uh, team's possession, and he took it up to the other side of the court, and then 5.2 seconds late, uh, uh, before the uh, final shot, he made this wonderful three. And uh, now, as we think about this, uh, uh, this shot, you know, uh, this didn't just come by, all right, you know, uh, 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 some divine atmosphere happened, and then uh, he made the shot. He probably practiced shot every single day or every week, and uh, every day of his life, and when that pressure came, his body said, his brain said, I know how to do this, let's do it again. And, uh, and of course, uh, they, uh, they won this championship. And as we think about this brain function and, uh, of an athlete like this, you know, uh, it came because of the muscle, mem uh, uh, muscle memory. And, and practicing over and over again, the brain sends, sends a signal to the body. You need to do this. Feet needs to be here. The arm needs to be here. And you need to position this way. And you need to uh, make sure you act. 
and, uh, and docile players that way. And those practices came over and over and over again. So it became a muscle memory. And so when the brain signal in a crucial moment, the muscle said, you know what, I know how to do this, and let me just perform it. And as we think about this illustration, I believe that as Christians, as a church, as we are members of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, God is sending us signals. God is telling us to do this and do that, be here and, and be there. And as Christians, I hope that we have some muscle memory and that we are able to do them sporadically, anytime, anywhere, because God has commanded us to do it. Amen? We're not going to stay, you know, what what if Michael Jordan, you know, as he was uh, making that winning shot, what if the muscle said, say that again. (laughs) You know, he only has 5.2 seconds left, you know, and uh, Hans says, what you want me to do? And, uh, you know, uh, uh, it it wasn't like that at all. The muscle knew what exactly needed to do. And, And the brain signaled it, and then he made that winning shot. And that's the same thing as Christians today, as a church. And there might be some time of pressure in life. And there might be some crucial time where we need to do things as a church. I hope as a church that we're obedient because we have some muscle memory. We have practiced before. We're obedient before. And when big things come, when crucial times come, we're ready to obey. We're ready to obey in an instant. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that God could trust Bible Baptist Church with his commandments anytime, anywhere. And that we are obedient to his signals. And by the way, it's by God's grace he's sending his signals. You know, uh, there might be some churches that get no signals. Maybe Ichabod happened. I'm not sure. And, uh, and, and thank God for uh, those who came out yesterday and, and uh, for the Making a Difference campaign. I think we had about good 40 to 50 people come out and passing out tracts in parks. And, and uh, we had some uh, uh, maybe good 15 p- people come out for the school evangelism. And, and uh, you know, uh, they're ready to uh, just go forth and obedient and be obedient. Even this afternoon, many of you will serve in Harvest Festival. We thank God for you. And, uh, and you're just making some muscle memories today. And you're trying to be obedient to uh, 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 the calling of the Lord Jesus Christ and to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and to be there when he needs you. And, uh, and that's a signal of a command, signal of love, the signal of his purpose, the signal of his involvement. And he is sending his signal today. Are you obedient? The head of the body is sen- sending some signals uh, uh, to his members. I hope that we are always there, surrender to do his will. So with that, uh, let's think about not only the head of the body, but the hearing of the ear. The hearing of the ear. In Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 27. But when I speak with thee, I will open thy mouth, and thou shalt say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, he that heareth, let him hear. He that forbeareth, let him forbear. For they are a rebellious house. You know, as we think about the Old Testament, Israel were disobedient and gainsaying people. And uh, Ezekiel was sent to those people. And uh, God says, He that heareth, let him hear. He that forbeareth, let him forbear. For they are a rebellious house. So God foreknew that these people will be disobedient. But did God still communicate? Yes, he did. Yeah. God gives the gospel to every person uh, who's a sinner. And I believe he does that. He communicates in different ways, I, am, I understand. 
Bible day that no one is exempt from hearing the word of God, especially in the 21st century. And God knows that some people won't believe and some people will believe. Some people will take the broad way and some people will take the narrow way. But God still communicates to both crowds. And uh, Ezekiel chapter 24, verse 3, and utter a parable unto a rebellious house. Okay? Make sure you communicate a parable. It is interesting to note that God often used parables too, to enlighten wisdom to the hearers, but also to resist those who are rebellious. And notice what God says. He that, le- he that hear it, let him hear. And he that forbear it, let him forbear. Meaning, he that refrains the word of God, he that refrains his communication, let him refrain, but I'll still communicate anyway. I'll let him know about my parable. And I believe Jesus Christ also does this the same to the Jews who accuse him of having the spirit of Beelzebub, the spirit of the devil. And after this event, you could study the gospel. And after this event, he starts speaking in perils, parables more. And it reads in chapter 4, verse 9, in Mark chapter 4, verse 9, and he said unto them, he that hath ear to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the ter- parable. So in secret with the twelve, he expounded upon the ter- parable. And he shared the parable with the crowd. The crowd could understand what he was saying. Okay? But secretly, he expounded the parable to the twelve disciples. Those who are rebellious to God, who are rejecting the Holy Spirit, who are rejecting Jesus Christ, their heart was hardened. Jesus Christ was still willing to communicate, but they knew that they would not receive the word of God gladly. So he spoke to them in parables. Though they would hear, their heart was full of unbelief. They wouldn't obey. And Christ speaks of this transition in Mark chapter 4. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, those who are saved. But to them that are without, all these are things that are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted, and their sins should be forgiven them. And uh, what a tragic end for some of these people. And they heard the communication of God, and uh, but they were not able to understand because they refused the Holy Spirit. They refrained and forbade the uh, communication of the Lord. And as we think about those who will not hear, those who will not obey, it's very amazing how Jesus Christ foreknows them, and, and God in every way uh, knows also who will be saved. Let's look at John chapter 6, look at verse 16. Okay, look what it says. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying, who can hear it? So some disciples were following the Lord in a disciplined manner. They were hearing God's word. They just heard the message, I am the bread of life. Okay? And they said, this is a very what? Hard saying. It's hard to be understood. Okay? So look, look what Jesus Christ says. Verse 64. <clears throat> but there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were believed, who, uh, who, uh, who they were that believed not, and who should betray him. Now, notice that he did not choose, okay, and that, uh, or forechoose someone to be saved or not to be saved. He foreknew first, and then he gave election, meaning uh, uh, he gave that election uh, uh, after he foreknew that person with his free will will choose the Lord Jesus Christ. So, uh, 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 it's not pre, uh, uh, I guess, uh, 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 
destination as some people think about the uh, election of salvation. We, we don't believe in that at, at our church, and we believe in foreknowledge. And as he has foreknowledge, he, uh, he calls them elect, calls them saints, calls them children of God. And uh, so, but God foreknows who will not believe and those who will believe, in verse 65. And he said, therefore said I unto you, that no man can come to me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Now, why did I share this scripture? Could it be, as we think about John chapter 6 there, could it be that even in the church, there might be some of those who no longer walk with Jesus Christ? Could there be some of those who were never really saved? God knows who are his. Everyone is hearing the word of God. The church is. But I wonder if you have sincerely received the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder if you'd be one of those who would be offended by some preaching or some message and will no longer walk with this church and no longer walk or identify with Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean you lose your salvation. I believe it means that you were never really saved. And ladies and gentlemen, this is a weighty matter and, and uh, this is a, uh, a somewhat sensitive matter, but I believe this is the truth of the matter. And we cannot deny this truth that there might be some people in this room tonight or this morning who are not born again and who have not received Christ as his personal Savior. I like what John the Baptist said. Bring me the fruit for repentance. Meaning, hey, if you have repented, if you have received this wonderful news of the gospel, if you've truly been saved, hey, bring the fruit that meets for repentance. Let's see your life change. Let's see how you agree with the Scripture. Let's see how you live out the Word of God. It could be that your spouse might not be saved. Your wife or your husband. And I'm just simply saying, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, we might have the hearing of the hear, ear, but I wonder if there is some heart of unbelief this morning. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, For unto us was the gospel preached as well unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not mixed with faith in them that heard it. You might hear the word of God every single Sunday, but do you have faith that will mix with the word of God and that will bring profit? And you might be a Christian. You might be born again. You might hear the word of God every single Sunday, but on Monday, there's no change in your life. You know why? Because there is no faith, there is no belief that mixes with the Word of God. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Who cares about knowing so much? Let's talk about obeying. Let's talk about having faith. Let's talk about living the Christian life. Are you hearing me out this morning, or are you talking to somebody next door? I'm just simply saying today that, as Christians, that we need to obey the Word of God, and, and we need to recognize that uh, uh, we, we have this uh, 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 great weight of accountability to our Savior, and, uh, and all that we have heard, 
and that all that we have learned in the Bible and in this church, we will face it on the judgment seat of Christ. And no one here is exempt. Every man must present himself to his Savior one day. The hearing of the ear is for all, but narrow is the way for those who have faith and obey. Do you have faith and obedience today? Don't just say, I have heard. No, let's say, I have obeyed. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit. Revelation chapter 3, verse 6. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Once again, Revelation 13. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Once again, Revelation chapter 3, verse 22. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. You know, uh, one tragic thing about the Edition Church is that God was knocking at the church of that church, of, that, of, the, of the door of the church. And, uh, and, and Christ was not in that church. And Christ said to them, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Hey, don't just know and hear, but obey it. Pay attention to what I have got to say. You know, churches in Revelation were reproved, rebuked, and exhorted. I wonder how they responded. We don't know the response. We don't know what they did with what they heard. Only God knows that. And ladies and gentlemen, we don't know, I don't know how you will respond to all the messages, to all the Sunday school lessons, to all the things that you read in your devotion. Only who knows? God knows. Now, I will be accountable to God and what I have shared and what I have preached on this pulpit. And uh, according to Hebrews chapter 13, I have great weight of accountability to the Lord in how I led you folks and how I shared the gospel and how I shared the word of God and also edified you. And uh, as I uh, think about that weighty matter, I realize that uh, uh, as much as I want to see your life change, I, I want to see you obey the word of God, I cannot make you. Okay? I cannot be with you every single day. I cannot, you know, uh, give you the word of God. I cannot call you every single moment, moment of your life. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I cannot in any way control the sheep. No. Uh, I'm just the under-shepherd. I'm supposed to just reveal the Word of God and manifest the Word of God and, and share the Word of God as much as possible. And it is your choice to obey them. Now, if you obey, then I have joy. Amen? That's what Hebrews chapter 13 is talking about there. I could gladly serve the Lord when you obey. Not because that you're obeying me or the church. You're obeying our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's great to see Christians obeying the word of God. Think about your children or your future children. Wouldn't you have a great delight in knowing that your children is obeying the word of God? That's the same thing within the church. And and ladies and gentlemen, guess what? It is not me or the teachers or the leaders speaking to you. It is the Holy Spirit who is speaking to you. I remember many times I have uh, sat under preaching 
And especially in, uh, in Bible college, we would have five services every single week. And, uh, and it, it, there would be different preacher every single day. I did not know them. I didn't know their personal testimony. I, sometimes I didn't even know how they got saved. But they come to the pulpit. And I remember you as a young man. I don't know this man. I, and, uh, you know, he's going to share God's word. And, and what's going to benefit me? And, but I realized the Holy Spirit convicted me. And he said, I am going to share my word through this man. So you better pay attention. And every time I sat under preaching, before the chapel speaker came, I prayed, dear God, I pray you speak through this man. I don't know this man, but I believe that you speak through this man. Does God speak to you in an audible voice? No, not anymore. We have his revealed, revealed word of God. This is, his holy, this is his scripture, Holy Spirit's scripture. So he will speak through the scripture. He will speak through the preaching of the word of God. Did you know John the Baptist never performed a miracle? Did you know he never gave signs? But what did he do? He preached. He preached. And, and ladies and gentlemen, despise not preaching. Despise not prophesying, as the Bible says. Why? Because the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God is used by the Holy Spirit. Not because of the man, but because of his divine plan. I have heard different preachers, and at the end, they fell. They didn't do right. And uh, they're not in ministry anymore. But guess what? God still used their messages in the past to communicate to me. I'm sure you share that same testimony this morning. You have known some people who went the wrong direction, but they helped you when you were a young Christian. They helped you through the preaching of the word of God. And it was the Holy Spirit using them to do that. And God uses men and ladies to do that. And, uh, 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 and don't get me wrong, ladies don't preach, okay? <laughs> uh, ladies share and teach, okay? I understand that. But I'm just simply saying today that as Christians, we need to pay attention to the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no church. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no revival. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no salvation. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no understanding of God's truth. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no more like Jesus. Without the Holy Spirit, there is nothing... In Christianity, my friend, would you hear what the Spirit said into the churches? I think he knows best. I think he communicates best. I think he's very clear in what he says and what he wants us to do. He's not the author of confusion. He knows exactly what he wants from your life. He wants you to be saved if you're not saved. Don't you dare think, oh, I'm not sure if he wants me to be saved today. No, he wants you to be saved today. Now is the day of salvation. There's no doubt about that. Oh, I'm not sure if God wants, to, God wants me to be used of God in this church. No, God wants to use you. Very clear. God has created you to be his workmanship. You've been created in Christ Jesus. According to Ephesians chapter 2. He has already foreordained that. Okay? And the meaning, after you get saved, jump on in. You're serving God. Oh, God's people say. Amen? And it's not, oh... I'm not sure if I'm ready. I'm not sure if I'm ready. No. You jump on in. You serve God. 
And I'm just simply saying today, there is still that small voice, and it's very real. I love the example of Elijah. I'm done with this. Elijah was discouraged. Elijah was dwelling in caves, and he was there over 40 days. And God says, what, is, what are you doing here, Elijah? What doest thou here, Elijah? And then there was a big hurricane that came, a wind that blew. God was not in it. And there was a big earthquake. There, God was not in it. There was a big fire. God was not in it. But there was a still, small voice. God was in that. You're looking for some big thing to happen, and then you'll start serving God. You're waiting for some big thing to, maybe a lightning to just zap you. And you, uh, you know, you're just really spiritual all of a sudden. No, you serve God step by step, day by day. I'm not saying that you should be a super Christian the next day, but I'm just simply saying you just keep on serving God every single day in whatever he has given you. That still small voice is still communicating to you. Obey, obey, obey. Obey the Lord. The Holy Spirit is real. The Holy Spirit still speaks. Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. He has spoken to the early churches. He's still speaking to Bible Baptist Church. And he wants to speak to you. Are you obeying today? The Holy Spirit is saying something.